0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Grassroots Church Roundtable Podcast, a podcast that is simply a discussion between a couple local church leaders. I am the A-Game, Adam Bailey, an elder of Grassroots Church, joined by the lead elder of Grassroots Church. That is Darren, love is all he's got, Cherry. You might want to give context to that. Uh, Friends, I was on my way to this lovely theater in which we record in, and that Sublime song was on the radio. Loving is what I got. And Darren's a 90s music guy. So I thought it was appropriate. You mentioned one line from it and I started singing it. Mm hmm. So that, I that's don't. one of those songs. And friends, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. If you know anything about 90s music, give us a little sample of it, Darren. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't sing, I'm man. You always. The morning. Anyway, I don't want to start singing because then people will think they're actually listening to the radio. And this is not the radio. Welcome to the Roundtable Podcast, friends. Got a good episode today. I'm pretty sure we're back in the 1689, Chapter 5, Paragraph 6 through 7. You're pretty sure we have a good episode, or you're pretty sure we're back in the 1689? A little bit of both. Gotcha. Friends, confession time. Darren's aware of this. I am aware. I woke up this morning around 4.30 with crazy bad asthma, and usually I'll just pop a Zyrtec and all as well. Zyrtec does not make me drowsy. It, it's a good. I like name brand Zyrtec. It's my, that's my preferred allergy medicine. But a couple days ago, I went to the dollar store to get some Zyrtec, and I'm not kidding. The entire allergy medicine section was wiped out. There was nothing there. I found, eventually, a small box of a generic brand, Allergy and Sinus Medicine. And I did not see anywhere on that box where it was non-drowsy, but I didn't have a choice. That's all I had. And if anyone struggles with asthma, it's just not a a position you want to be in. So I was like, man, drowsy, non-drowsy, who cares? I'll make it work. This morning, when I woke up, the only allergy medicine i had was that allergy and sinus medicine from the dollar store and i knew there was going to be a problem when i opened it up and those capsules were huge they look like the nyquil tablets and usually i take pills i don't need water i'll just pop it and swallow and whatever but man i was i could not swallow that huge horse pill it doesn't have anything to do with anything what i'm about to say but i fell asleep quickly and uh Girls all woke up to get ready for school around 6, and that's when it hit me. An hour and a half later, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I am drowsy. So I made my way to Wild Bean, loaded up on coffee. I got more coffee here. I'm struggling. I'm very scatterbrained. I'm sure you all know what it's like to, in the middle of the day, be uh, drowsy medicine-induced. So I'm a little little, little struggling here. Do you have the, the fogginess? Yes. Response time is down. I'm just... Like, I could lay down on this round table and take a nap, which is not in my nature to take naps, but <sighs> high pollen counts today.
1: I I, I was thinking about it. I, I am terribly allergic to poison ivy, like poison oak, sumac, that stuff. I'm terribly allergic. I've had it so much in my life that the second it's on me, like – like it's begin, like I can feel it. It is a different type of itch on me. And I instantly know, okay, I got to start doing certain things to make sure this doesn't take over. Um, and I hate that I'm allergic to that stuff. However, I don't struggle with like allergies, airborne allergies, the, <clears throat> you know, pollen, dust, uh, you know, even like mold, mildew, like that stuff doesn't do anything to me and so i'll take the allergy to poison ivy because i can just avoid it but like for for those that struggle with the seasonal allergies and the airborne there's nothing you can do about it you just have to medicine up and take it
0: that's that's right darren is it safe to say you are so allergic to poison ivy you cannot watch george clooney's batman it makes me itch a little. I think that was that george clooney yeah batman forever with uma thurman uh batman that- and robin batman and robin that's got a uh, mr freeze in it
1: yep Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: <laughs> batman's come along well i don't know that's actually a pretty fun movie
1: it's the worst of all the batman movies batman forever was my favorite the one with val kilmer jim carrey as, as, the, as riddler, the riddler and uh what's his face as two-face um I could see. Um uh, he was in Fugitive with Harrison Ford. Yeah, Tommy
0: Lee Jones. Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Got you. How about that for brain fog? There it is. Eat it generic horse pill <laughs> that I took.
1: Well so, speaking of coffee, I told you I'm gonna I, I am I am doing I am creating another shift in my life. Okay. So we've talked about the only reason I can do keto, the only reason that diet works for me is if you don't stick to it, it's absolutely pointless, okay? Any diet I ever go on, whether it's um, eating smaller meals, uh, whether it's, like oh, I'm going to eat healthier, you know, that everything. of thing, I can convince myself every day at every meal why it's okay to cheat on that meal. And so no diet works for me. But keto, if, if you're not sticking to it, there's absolutely no point to, to, to actually try to do that diet but I'm so tired of being on keto. And I said, I'm not, I'm never doing it again. But I'm trying something called intermittent fasting, which we're going to learn about fasting on a first Tuesday this season uh, of first Tuesdays. But this is different. This is not for spiritual purposes, for health purposes. And part of it is in the morning with my coffee, I can't have cream.
0: Are you a black coffee connoisseur?
1: I am. I love the coffee with the cream. I love it, but every morning I get a cup of coffee no cream, and I wait until the afternoon when I can get coffee with cream. I can't wait till the afternoon, but it's it's the shift is happening where I need less and less cream to enjoy the coffee.
0: I'm proud to be Darren. I've been preaching it at grassroots for, what, six years? Not that I have not every now and then I'll throw a splash of, you know, half and half or some French vanilla in there just to to be crazy. Life can be mundane when everything's predictable, just to mix it up a little bit. Plus, Jesse buys a lot of fancy creamers, and they're just there in front of me, and sometimes it's like, why not? But uh, the best advice I can give to anyone who wants to enjoy coffee is to just get used to it black. Like if you're gonna start drinking coffee, just drink it black because you can drink it anywhere, anytime. You'll never, you'll never be disappointed. And it's unless a great it's way just to... crappy coffee. But if you, if you, if you, want enough, if you want caffeine enough, like you'll drink that. Still, like I don't like coffee that's been sitting out. Like I can drink coffee if it's all oh, they put too much. They put uh, too much, too many grounds in there, or if they didn't put enough. But one thing I can't stand is if there's a pot of coffee that's been sitting there for like three hours. It's got that stale something taste going on. That's where you just make it iced coffee. Yeah, that can that well, can work. Well, since we're since we're um, you know talking about individual uh, how we consume as individuals, a wild bean your burrito Uh-oh. is perfect usually. Today. And, friends, if you never had that wild bean breakfast burrito with bacon and hot sauce, it's the A-game special. I dare y'all to go in there and ask for that and see what happens. They won't know what you're talking about. They won't know. For now. We'll work on that. But anyway, it's a, it's a great burrito. It's got, you know, uh, onions, peppers, eggs, potatoes, Cheez. cheese, ba- salsa. Add the bacon. I've got to put some bacon in there. It's, it's really, really good. It's really filling. I'll have it. At like eight in the morning, I'm not hungry until late afternoon, early evening. You were singing the praises of it at the GSM leadership. Highly meeting recommend last night. it. Yeah, like ninety percent of the time, it is divine. But man, this morning, it was soggy. While well, being, if okay, burrito conversation. Don't put drippy stuff in the in the tortilla. I don't do soggy. I don't do drippy. But if you have salsa, I don't want I don't want scooping out the bottom of the jar with all the liquid. I want I want the chunkies, you know? So the reason I quit ordering
1: the burrito is there's two reasons that I'm not actually a fan of the burrito. One is I don't like the potatoes in it. And two is the salsa makes it drippy. And so I quit ordering because I'll be honest, it always looks good when you order it. Always looks good. Big thick burrito, they grill it. Yeah, usually. Yeah, it looks really good. But if you take out the salsa and the potatoes, it's just kind of an egg wrap, and it's not really. Okay, so real quick, this is a pet peeve, I think, that restaurants should not be allowed to get away with. And I'm not talking about the wild bean. I'm talking about every restaurant. Okay. Um, If you were to go to a restaurant. I'm just going to say restaurant. I don't want to point anybody out. And you were to say, hey, I'm going to get these chicken wings. And they're like, do you want ranch or blue cheese? You're going to say ranch. And then you're going to say, can I get some extra ranch? A lot of places are going to charge you. It might be 50 cents or something for that ranch. Okay. But if you order the chicken wings and they say, do you want ranch or blue cheese? And you're like, I don't want any dressing. They don't take 50 cents off of your bill.
0: Do you know what I'm saying? There are ways. I know what you're saying. And if you look online, there are actual hacks to ordering, particularly fast food at fast food restaurants. Like if you order, for example, some specific burger in a certain way but get three of them, you basically get what would be a $10 burger for $3.00. You just have to put it together yourself. It's almost like a build-your-own-burger type of thing where they charge you per topping. But if you look online, you can actually find, like, ordering hacks to fast food restaurants.
1: I'm going to have to do that because if I say I went to the Wild Bean and I said I want this burrito, and it's $10. I'm just rounding off a number here. And I say add bacon. They're going to charge extra for the bacon, which is understandable, you know, because it's not normally Yeah, wanted. it's bacon. Yeah. Who wouldn't want it, okay? Amen. Darren. Um. But if I said hold the potatoes and salsa, they
0: don't take anything off of that. What you do is you go into the Wild Bean and ask for a plain tortilla, how much ever they charge for it, and you look over at the menu where it's like, okay, I'll take a a two-egg scramble on top of that tortilla, uh, and then can I just have a side of salsa? And then, like, make your own burrito. It might come out to be, like, $6. I guess I could because – because
1: I know like the, the egg scramble at the wild bean, you can add two toppings mm-hmm. for like there's no extra charge. You can add two toppings. And so it can be cheese and onions. There's actually, yeah, there's a list of things you can get. And so and then I could say add the bacon. I might do that next time that we're
0: Yeah. <laughs> but you gotta play it off. You gotta be cool about it. You'll be like, oh I just want a tortilla. And then on top of the tortilla, uh, two egg scramble with hmm, my two toppings. Let's go with cheese and onions. And can I also have an extra a uh, side of grilled peppers and bacon. And
1: then I'm going to say, and then I'm going to get it all to the table. I'm going to wrap it all up and go, hey,
0: real quick, can, can you zap? grilling this? <laughs> <laughs> or just bring your own George Foreman. Just be careful about George Foreman's it. and breakfast food. It's easy to step on those things. You know, it can ruin a work day. So, Dan, we haven't uh, met up in a few weeks
1: yeah, this summer we've been I think we have consistently this summer been about every other week
0: It's been a busy summer yep we're trying to get back to the coming to an end to the once a week routine which you should be able to do at least in the near future but I've not asked you this in a while and I'm personally curious what media are you into right now what books are you reading what movies or shows are you watching what you been into okay um
1: books I, I finished the 1776. I finished that. Um, enjoyed it. I I biblically, y'all listen. Biblically, I believe that that God is sovereign. Uh, any authority that's in any kind of authority, be it a king, be it a president, you know, even a governor, you know, it's according to God's sovereignty. Um, and and after reading that uh, book, seventeen seventy six, I do believe God had his hand in the establishment of America as an independent country uh, after reading that book. And it didn't come across, like, it wasn't written as a Christian book. It was just, here's what happened uh, in 1776. And so, like, God is sovereign in that, uh, in, in the way we were we were started as a country. So um, definitely enjoyed that. Right after that, I started a new book. Uh, I told you I have found for my like casual pleasure reading, I have found my niche, like my lane is in biographies and autobiographies, especially autobiographies. But uh, I went to the book sale that the library already has, or always has every year. And I got a um, it's a biography on uh lou costello if you're not familiar uh abbott and costello the old uh comedy duo Uh, lou costello written by his youngest daughter and so i'm reading through that right now i love i i read the one by um oh uh mel brooks Mm -hmm. i read his autobiography um and i don't know just those those kind of like pioneer hollywood entertainer type people like I, what did I, what have I always told, comedy doesn't make me laugh. Like comedians don't make me laugh. Um, and part of it I said is cause they're all filthy. Like you just, you come across like, it's like, they don't know how to be funny without being vulgar. And even in Lou Costello's day, he, he made those statements. He was like, He's like, I don't have to be bul- vulgar to be funny. And so nothing he ever did. He said he always wanted his acts to be able to be enjoyed by the whole family. And, and so I really appreciate it. So I'm, I'm reading Luke Costello's book. And then I have gotten hooked uh, on Paramount+. Plus. They have the entire series of CSI, the television show. I was in high school when that show came out. And I can remember, dude, telling you right now, I thought the idea of that show was so stupid. Because I grew up with Law and Order. I grew up with, um, you know, the cop shows where you're you're after the chase. You want them chasing the bad guy. You want the action. And I'm like, who wants to sit here watching them process a crime scene? Who wants to sit here watching them in
0: the lab? Like, who cares? Yeah, I love that show. What's the big draw to it? For you. Like if it's not about the you know, the the criminal minutiae, is it dramatic? Is it drama? Is it the characters? Is it just the situations? Like what what pulls you in? What's the gravitational field? Probably the the mental process.
1: Um that and obviously they're only gonna give you bits and pieces as they go along, but the whole time I'm watching an episode, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, so if you watch law and order the first half of the show is them the crime happens and they get the guy or or girl you know they get the the perpetrator the perp the second half is the the courtroom part and so you you don't part of it is you figuring out who and why and then part of it is are they guilty or not are they going to be found CSI the whole time you're like okay they've introduced these characters here's why i think it could be them here's how i think they could and then you find out if you're right or wrong as it unfolds and so i think it's the the mental process um that i engage in the story uh and trying to figure it out for myself uh, as opposed to just kind of mindlessly watching a show which is fun as well (laughs) but um but yeah, so I think I think that's why. So I love CSI. I'm into season three, um, and I started it. I started it a few weeks ago, and nobody else in my family likes to watch it, so I have to watch it when nobody else is. So poor me.
0: Cool beans. I feel I feel like I know. I feel like I know you now. Like I feel like we're all called up. Yeah. I also think we're very similar in many ways because I too have been on a memoir kick. Read uh, McConaughey's Green Lights. Interesting. Is that Matthew McConaughey? Absolutely. McConaissance. All right, all right, all right. con McConaughey. Now, he's an interesting character. Like, he is. He is. He, he was, the book reflects that. But it was, it was good. It was insightful. Uh, then I moved on to, huh. so I wanted to read a comedian's book as well because McConaughey got kind of deep there a little bit. I wanted to read something a little bit. More lighthearted. And I've, for the most part, enjoyed David Spade my entire life, the former SNI, SNI SNL writer. Uh, but my favorite work of his was Emperor's New Groove, and that is still a hilarious movie. And his voice and his humor make me, it, they, it, they both remind me very much of one of my friends growing up in high school, who I thought was hilarious. Um, Did you say one of your girlfriends in One high of my school? friends. Oh. <laughs> I was like, who are your girlfriends like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not going to go down that road today. No, one of my friends was had very similar humor, and the way he spoke was very alike, uh, Davis bape But anyway, so I bought his memoir, which is called Almost Interesting, and... Uh, yeah, it was insightful for SNL, for SNL fans. And you talk about, like, language and vulgar humor. Like, that was, that was a lot. They, that, was, it was, that was hard sometimes to read through it. And I, yeah, it, it was pretty good. So I've been into memoirs recently. Wait, did you say you've been reading or just watching or just kind of both about the Roman emperors? Oh, that's some my own free time. So I uh, have been going through a lot of the Crash Course histories that are posted by Vlogbrothers, John and Hank Green, so I've watched a lot of the American history one. I finished that one and I was on world history, but it just got me thinking about the Roman Empire because a lot of the way that our I mean you talk about 1776, a lot of the ideas were coming from the epitome of all civilization that is the Roman Empire. We took a lot of what they did and applied it to what we wanted as a as a nation which we still do. I mean you can't the White House all, a lot of DC has Greco-Roman architecture too very it. much so. But uh and that just kind of got me on this um rabbit trail of the Roman Emperors. There's a historian on TikTok, his name is Teme. T I M M E H. He's from Australia. He uh did his doctorate on ancient warfare. So he's an Australian guy, answers questions directly from but he's been doing uh a lot of Q and A's with his TikTok followers on um roman structures comparing the different emperors and like who was the best emperor how how all that happened so yeah it's kind of related i'm just like world history and everything but yeah the roman empire man is crazy i know how
1: this all got connected for you you wanted a comedian so you've always enjoyed david spade your favorite work by him is the Emperor's oh,
0: New
1: and, and that yeah. just took you right to the Roman emperors, to and the so, Empire, my yeah. friends. Are you gonna? You can
0: watch through Star Wars next. <laughs> watch so much <laughs> Star Wars. I don't watch Star Wars anymore. I've seen the um, the first six movies so often, and I know Ahsoka came out, and I just uh, didn't finish a lot of the other miniseries. Just doesn't. Me in the one show that I'm watching a lot suits again, warning for language that's the big issue with that show. A lot of language, a lot, but it's New York, and that I'm not justifying it, but it is a lot
1: of language. Ooh. Um, again, I love that show for the
0: process, and, and there's something intriguing about it because I started watching it because it was like, Oh, you have like a big New York uh corporate law firm helping another company merge with another company and the premise is really cool with a guy who, who's super intelligent but didn't go to law school that they hired like it's interesting but you know what he's bringing me back is there's this theme about trust like their personal and professional lives keep getting intertwined it's like can i trust like this person that i love and do they trust me because we're gonna have to trust each other you know basically whenever two friends commit a crime and they're brought into two different rooms and two different interrogators are trying to figure out if their story is consistent it's like you have to play that game are they going to turn on me should i go ahead and turn on them or do i trust them well the best is when they come in and go
1: hey your friend flipped and the guy's like no he didn't (laughs) he's like no he didn't and that
0: just keeps drawing me back in so it started out man law is cool and uh and I studied political science, which, I, which through that had some, I had a constitutional law class. Didn't like it at all. But it is, it's always been intriguing to me. But the fact that it's like, man, how can you trust someone uh, in a corporate professional setting? Trust and uh, open, just smart people. There's no other way. To be happy in Jesus. I'm on like the fifth season or something. Okay, it's... I was
1: going to ask what season you're on because when you first started watching, you would never think, and I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna assume something here, which we all know what happens when you assume, um, but I'm gonna assume something here. When you first start watching, through season number one into season number two, and you're into season number five, which actually I'm just gonna I hate to ruin it for you, they just kind of get worse from here. But, um, you never think that you will love. Lewis Litt, The way you love Lewis
0: Litt. <laughs> True, because my initial response was Harvey Specter is really cool. He wins, but man, he's a jerk. But he's somehow oddly likable. But to root, but form, Lewis. And then Lewis, you hate. Man, someone go mudding with that guy. Just go mudding with him. And you come to absolutely. And he means love well, as Harvey guy. said. He's a he's a great guy, albeit a little devious but that's the nature of new york corporate law. Has he I can't remember
1: what season. Has he got his name on the wall yet? Yes. Dude, those were hard episodes. It's to like watch. It's,
0: there's so much like behind the scenes negotiating and people making deals to climb to the top, something that I've never been exposed to. I've never had that type of career and also I'm from West Virginia, not New York. It's been a good show. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's not. Uh, just, just be mindful, y'all. If you, li- if you decide to check out that show, the language is rough, and it's unnecessary. And i tell you what. Get, get a, if you want to hydrate, get a bottle of water, and every time you see someone go into someone's office and throw down a folder, take a drink. Well, and the... all they do is, like, walk into each other's office and go, are you busy? Yeah, I'm working on something. We're going to want to stop for this. Throw the folder down. Or you walk into a disposition. It's like, yeah, you're about to close this case. Boom.
1: I like how they always get the folder, open it, and go. Oh, this is genius, and it's like you—you you had time to read half a sentence. That's
0: yes, because those lawyers are fast readers. They—they're Harvard. You talk about, about negotiating.
1: I was just thinking that you—you you said you'd never been a part of that. I'm like, yeah, it's not grassroots Cherry Bailey Church. So, it's just...
0: No, I, like, I'm, I'm pretty upfront and honest. I trust you, Darren. I trust the leadership. I trust our covenant community folk. Like, I'm, I'll be pretty much open and honest. So, if anybody wants to blackmail me, I'd make it easy for you.
1: <laughs> Good thing is there... This,
0: do you know something I've taught my boys? This is something I've taught my boys. Uh, how to blackmail.
1: Yeah. Like, you have to get through life. Um, you know, my... F- you know the, one of the best feelings is when something starts going down? And you know you're 100 percent innocent in whatever's going on, like like your parents walk into the room and go, "Hey, I need to talk to you," and you know, I haven't done anything. So yeah, what do you need to talk about? But if there's some things that you've think you've gotten away with, and they go, "Hey, we need to talk," and all of a sudden your anxiety just goes up because you're like, "What do they know? What do they find out? What am I? What am I in trouble for?" Or or if like your boss comes, to you and goes, "Hey, we need to talk." If you know you haven't done anything wrong, like that is the best feeling of like you are unblackmailable.
0: And to add to that, because I I struggle with guilt unnecessarily. I, my my home life growing up, I was accused of a lot of stuff I didn't do. So it was like, well, why not? Why not be Stop bad? Stop brushing your teeth so loud. Yeah, go Brad Taylor and throw some rocks into windows. You know, I didn't do that on purpose but uh i found a book the audio book is free it was called the 48 laws of power have you ever heard of that uh-uh. anyway it was free under the history and political science subcategory and i'm like oh cool okay but basically what it, what the author was doing was taking a lot of these historical characters machiavelli um marcus aurelius like these people who've been in a position of power and equates their ideology to modern times so essentially like you want to move up in the workplace here are 48 laws of power based on how other folks have climbed that power ladder i quit reading it quit listening to it after about three chapters you talk about depressing literally the second chapter is like how to usurp your boss you want to be friendly to your boss it's all about like being like you do what you got to do to get that goal if you're to throw someone under the bus don't do it now you wait and you wait until if you're going to hit them once you wreck them that's the world we live in and I was like, man, this is just too brutal. Like, I don't seek power in that way at all. So y'all can check it out. I quit reading it, but I, I, st- I looked into some interviews with the author, and his justification for or motivation for writing that book was not so much like, how can I be powerful in whatever life or professional setting that I'm in, but it's rather how can you be aware of other people trying to manipulate you which makes me even more depressed because now I'm just sitting here thinking, it's like, how many times have I been manipulated in the past that I just assumed the best of folks, and and I deleted that book and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to trust people, like if I get thrown under the bus, that's on whomever. But man, are you looking it up? No,
1: no, okay, I'm I'm, I'm checking something else, but it has to do with the podcast. Yeah, so. hey,
0: hey, friends, if you all want to learn how to throw your supervisor under the bus and take all the credit. Phew, Brutal. like It's not godly at all. And pe- people need to understand this. Like, if you study politics from a historical perspective, the whole nature of it, we've talked about this before, it's how do you get power and how do you keep power. And that goes back to Machiavelli back in, like, the, what, 15th century. It's like, if you have to convince the pope to be your friend to get something out of it, you do it. But when you get the opportunity, you're not loyal to them. Throw them under the bus. Like, politicians now do these same, the elected officials. I'm not talking about administrators. I'm talking about judges. Uh, appointees. I'm talking about the, those that are running for office. I'm not saying they're all disingenuous because there are a few good uh, elected officials out there, and I'm sure our friends know a few of them, but ultimately, peop- they're going to say what they have to say to get you to vote for them and to stay committed. If they have to th- throw someone under the bus to do that, they will. Like It's not about character in the real world you know what i'm saying like how many yeah. morally outstanding uh federal uh elected individuals are I mean, let me back up how many how many right now politicians on a national level can you say appear to be morally outstanding
1: i don't follow enough to know but yeah. but i think this uh, this all goes just back to i think this is what sets christians apart is the way that we we are commanded in scripture um we don't work like like Scripture is very clear. We actually work to honor those we work for, and we honor God by doing that. And so it says, even if they're an ungodly boss, you work to honor God. Therefore, you work for the benefit of your boss. You know, so it. it but I think it goes back even to which I know we got to get to our topic today. Uh, it goes back to the sovereignty of God that we trust God. Kind of like you said, you you trust the. Leadership of grassroots and the people of grassroots. Obviously we trust uh, you know, the God of the church and um, you know, the God of the Bible who who he has revealed himself to be. It's like we we don't we don't have to do those things to get ahead in life because we're trusting God in the path he has us on.
0: And trust in his providence that he will take care of us and sustain us through all situations. That's a good feeling. Oh, it is. It's we talk. We've talked so many times about Christian liberty. How about that? Or how about like Jesus offers a burden that is light and that is easy. It's like imagine not having to worry about that. To be surrounded by, and I've been very blessed throughout my entire life. As far as I know, there have been very few that have ever that I've ever known to have intentionally tried to be manipulative. Well, that it's because to... I keep getting away with it without you knowing. How? How, Darren? <laughs> how do you do it? Dude, I, listen, I feel like you're too honest to be manipulative. Well, I was going to say, I've, I've, I've said it.
1: I don't know if I've said it on here or Sunday morning. I've, I know I've told people. I am so hyper aware of manipulative pastors that I'm afraid there have been times I've done that unknowingly. Like, a very quick story is uh, one pastor I know that um, he would get up almost every Sunday morning, not every Sunday morning, but almost every Sunday morning, and and ask the church, you know, pray for my wife, she's traveling, and I don't know if our van's going to last, it breaks down a lot, you know, and she travels alone, so just pray for her, and then, you know, the next Sunday or a couple weeks later, pray for my wife, you know, with her traveling, that van, you know, it did break down, but we got it fixed. And then he gets up after a couple months of that and goes, Y'all, I just want to thank the Lord. The blessing is somebody bought us a van. And I'm like, that's because you've been begging for it for months from the pulpit. Like, there's no, like, yes, it's a blessing from the Lord because all good things, you know, come come down from the Father. Um, But I watched that in so many different venues and avenues and arenas in my life come from leadership That I am so. There are times that I have even like a small need that I won't let it be known because I don't want somebody to think that I was trying to get them to fill that by letting the need be known. Like it because I'm so hyper aware of what manipulation, and and so trusting God's sovereignty, trusting God's provision,
0: trusting uh, God's children. How we. How we um interact with others and how we see them is a reflection of our relationship with God. Yep. Love God, love others. You know, somebody should write that down. Go ahead. I'll okay. give you credit for it. Done. Darren, you ready to talk some providence? Yeah, speaking of God's provision. Well, enlighten us, Darren, what what do the what do the boys of the 1689 have to say about God's providence? Uh this is a
1: a long, not a long, it's a one of the longer paragraphs. It's wordy. But it's, I think, can be explained very quickly. Um, and this is the uh, 1689. We're still in chapter 5 on God's provision, or God's providence. Uh, and this is paragraph 6. It says, as for those wicked and ungodly men, whom God, as the righteous judge for former sin, does blind and harden. From them he not only withholds his grace, whereby they might have been enlightened in their understanding, and wrought upon their hearts, we use that language a lot, wrought upon their hearts, Uh, but sometimes also withdraws the gifts which they had, and exposes them to such, such objects as their corruption makes occasion of sin, and withal gives them over to their own lusts, the temptations of the world, and the power of Satan whereby it comes to pass that they harden themselves under those means which God uses for the softening of others.
0: How, how would you explain that from a personal view? Does that sound so high? My name is Adam, and if I sin and time goes by after that, God's going to harden my heart, remove grace from me and gifts, and then I will therefore be even more hardened and less enlightened to the Lord, so that way the elect can themselves have soft hearts and receive more grace like I, i'm trying to i feel like it's it you can take this down a lot of different wrong roads
1: yeah when i don't want to do
0: that um
1: oh what's that saying
0: uh, uh two cro- birds with one
1: stone there's a saying that go and i just had it And i Rock lost in it. the
0: hand is a barrel in the bush i don't even <laughs> remember that like Bird that? in a hand is worth two in the bush. Whatever that means. <laughs> oh, the uh,
1: this is the same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. That's the same. So the sun in its heat and power melts wax but hardens clay. And that's kind of a visual that's given for this right here, that um, when when the elect hear the gospel, their heart is drawn towards it. Um, but the what we'd call the reprobate, the the, the non-elect, um, they hear the gospel and they're hardened against it. Uh, that's what I think this this paragraph is saying is that God uses the means of what people want to harden their hearts. Okay, so uh, you can go to Romans chapter one and see that God, it says, that God gives them over to their own desires, and they completely turn away from him and reject him. So it's not like God is going, okay, Adam, today you're going to reject me. Okay, what he is doing is, Adam, your heart would rather have your wealth, your pursuits, other gods. You don't want me, so go for it. That's, that's the direction your heart's going anyway, and he gives you over to those things. Romans chapter one. Um, you know it says that God's wrath against sin is revealed from heaven against, you, know, everybody sees it. Everybody sees it. But that wrath to us, God uses that to get our attention to draw us towards the gospel. We see God's grace, we see what Jesus has done. In our place, and the gospel softens our hearts, and we submit to God's authority, and then others see it, and they have other things they want, and their heart is hardened uh, towards that, and and so He gives them over to those things. Says, "Yeah, go for it." Um, and then it talks about He He withdraws the gifts. This is I even said, you know, all good gifts come down from the Father. Uh, that's what Scripture says. So. Um, I've, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I don't remember, um, but I know I've said it before on Sundays. I actually struggled for a little while with God's providence in this. Uh, people would say, yes, of course I'm a Christian. Look at all the blessings God has given me. I have my health. I have my home. I have clothes on my back. I have food on my table. Uh, my family is healthy. I have a job. And I would hear that and go, yeah, but the dude that absolutely hates God has all those things too. Like how does how does that prove you're a Christian when this person over here has everything you just named and they absolutely despise God and want nothing to do with them? And that's when uh, I heard a sermon um, by John Piper that dealt with uh, what, he, what the, the phrase is called common grace, is God has given those same blessings to that person now what's the difference? For you, Adam, all these blessings point you to God's grace, and you worship him, and you say, God, you've been so good. That person, instead of thanking God for it, goes, these are my God, and so his heart is hardened towards God. So I think that's what that... Yeah, and there's a reference in the
0: 1689, I forgot which part of Romans it is, but I'm sure you all have heard it before, uh, where it's written, maybe it's not in Romans, maybe it's in Matthew. Yes, in Matthew. Um, that, you know, to to whom who does not have a lot, much will be taken away, and to whom who has a lot, much more will be given. Wait, which, which one was it? Was it Romans or Matthew?
1: No, it is Matthew, which real quick, I went to click on it. So so I'm going to read this real quick. Matthew chapter 13, verse 12. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. That's the verse. I thought I clicked on it. I accidentally clicked on the verse below it, which is, "But Sihon, the king of Heshbon, would not let us pass by him. for the Lord your God hardened His spirit and made his heart obstinate. You know we should use that for a call to repentance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Deuteronomy 2:30. I'm like I'm like, man, either you are terribly misquoting this verse or I clicked on the wrong verse. I totally clicked in the wrong
0: verse. So, yeah, Matthew 13, 12. All right. no well, that, <laughs> that settles that then. A daggone king God's, of Heshbon. God's grace, 100% of all people who've ever lived throughout human history have absolutely been blessed by God's grace. But that same uh, exposure to grace can be destruction to some and a blessing to others based on someone's heart. Yeah, why does the gospel come to people's ears and some
1: absolutely? It will fly them into a rage. And then
0: others, it will bring them to tears and repentance. Mm. Yeah, because it's hard. Someone who you look at and you simply start judging, like, look how much they have. Look at all that they've done. If you go to them and you're like, hey, by the way, you have all that because God has blessed you. It's not that you did anything. Yeah, people don't want to hear that compared to the one who does have an abundance through God's grace. Someone's like, hey, you're very blessed. It's like, oh, no, that person will ultimately receive... A higher degree of that reward, which is waiting for us across Jordan, brother. Paragraph seven on the other side. Well, and I think yeah, even to your point, uh, as we move on to paragraph
1: seven, as you think about when uh, Peter preached, and he preached the gospel in uh, in Acts, and what did they do? They're like, what must be? He said they were uh, their hearts were torn, like they they were convicted in their hearts. What was he, he said? Repent. Well, then Stephen. He preaches the same gospel. What do they do? They stone him.
0: And that's another thing. All the all the uh, all those martyrs who were murdered because of their faith. Like I've done this almost my entire life. You look at someone like Stephen. It's like, oh, that'd be terrible. Or you hear about you know what ultimately happened to Peter, on Jesus being crucified. Like all oh, this bad stuff that's happening because someone's faith. And it's like, oh, I hope none of that comes down to me. Um, ever happens to me. That is. That hardened heart, looking at it and being very selfish, as opposed to being like, man, that is actually grace right there. Stephen went out; I mean, he's looked up to the heavens, right? Was like, hey, I'm about to die. Jesus, blah. like that is awesome for for a believer. That what well, better way <laughs> to conclude one's life? Yeah, like, what a
1: what a grace from the Lord that when Stephen was being stoned, he looks up and sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Cause you look
0: at it and it's like, man, it's impossible. How could anybody be happy about that? But by the Spirit and God's grace, it's like that. Well, that's why Paul said, to moment. live
1: is Christ, to die is gain. Uh, he said, if the Lord were to take me home, that's only gain for me. Uh, and to live, though, I will live for Christ. Like, I, as long as I'm here, that means God is still using me. Like, my, my role is not completed yet because I still am breathing. And that's why uh, even Tim Keller, before he passed, um, said death can only... Uh, bless me more um, because I no longer struggle in this life but um, you know I, I get to be in the the physical presence of the father so uh, yeah what a what a blessing of God's grace um, and so paragraph seven chapter 5 of the 1689 second London Baptist confession because guess what first one just didn't cut it no they needed a sequel They came out with a sequel. They needed a a sequel. And this is what it said in paragraph seven. As the providence of God does in general reach to all creatures, so after a more special manner, it takes care of his church and disposes of all things to the
0: good thereof. And that is a a beautiful commentary for us this day. Because I get tired of hearing about churches on decline, everyone's deconstructing their faith. It's like the church is the church. The church is loved by the groom. The church is sustained. The church is well taken care of. The church is very present. It's not as popular or cool, I guess, to be a Christian as it has been in the past, but the church is fine. Actually, Paul Washer uh, has a clip online that talks about that, when everyone's like, oh, the American church is in decline. American church is so is like, no, 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 no. He's like, the cultural church is absolutely in decline. He's like, Jesus' is bride? No. No, they're there, they're here. Yeah, he okay. actually, there's a, a
1: there's a little book I have in my office. Um, and it's based on a sermon he preached uh at a conference. And it was like uh the seven seven Deadly the sins? He, well, maybe. Uh no, it's like the seven or eight. Struggles of the church, or something, and in that he quotes, he said, uh, "You know exactly what you were just saying." But he goes, "No, no, the church is pure and spotless and glorious and beautiful because God said that's what He's going to do." Um, and so, what we see is the the mainstream cultural. It's what we see uh, this past Sunday. This is this is how much God is still at work drawing people to himself um, one of the young guys in our church Zach very involved in a, a ministry called young life he's getting more plugged in here uh, he had with him um, a teenager from the local high school that had contacted him and goes hey man um, I, I I need to start reading the Bible where do I read and Zach was like oh cool this kid's not a believer like he's he's hungry for it he goes Read Matthew, like go go straight to Jesus. You know, read Matthew. Um, and then he meets up with Zach on Saturday. He's like, Man, I I need Christ. I need Jesus. And he gives his life to Jesus. Like he he submits to God's authority and repents and is a believer. And he brought him with them Sunday because he's like, I need to be in a church. It's like God is still working, y'all.
0: And I also want to take a moment to <laughs> not so much call out, but add a comment or a thought to <sighs> Armageddon-ish fear-mongering that is so prevalent on my TikTok. As a matter of fact, I have I consume less TikTok now than pff, probably ever because it's just this, I- this idea of God's judgment is coming to this earth. It's like, ah, everyone, like, freak out. This is how bad it is, and every every day it's like getting worse 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 and it, and there is a, there is a there is a sense of like Jesus come back and like fix this like fix this which is broken but here's the good thing there are still elect out there god is patient he he waits that that's encouraging the fact that there are still people like you mentioned before this teenager there are still those out there that god will call to him so instead of all this fear-mongering, like, ah, I was like, hey, let's let's be grateful. Uh Paul David Tripp uh had a section in his daily devotion that I'm reading, New Morning Mercies, was talking about perseverance and endurance. And I actually posted this quote to my small group because I thought it was really good. Because we we so often see our endurance based on our willingness and ability to persevere. But Paul David Tripp is like, no, 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 no. It is. God's grace being poured out to us. In return, we have faith in him completing his good work of endurance. It's like, because I think we can sit here and be like, all right, what the American church needs is this, 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 this. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Like, what can I do to contribute to that? As opposed to being, like, submissive to God's good sovereign will. Like, what is supposed to happen will happen. Let's Let's watch God work. That's not. I'm not saying be derelict and don't do anything, but you know the 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 world in which we live it's not about our abilities. It's not about our willingness per se to persevere. You'll fail because that's what we do. Uh, but God completes His good work of endurance through grace. And that's encouraging. I don't know. I'm just. I maybe that's a little bit too personal, Darren. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm just this, the whole like Armageddon fear mongering stuff. There is some. There's absolute truth to that, but. To, there's so, also good, like God's judgment is good. God's wrath is good. We should be like,
1: yay. Well,
0: hold on. Repeat that.
1: God's God's wrath is righteous, correct, and just and holy. I don't think I don't think we we can sit back and go, yay, God's wrath on these people. But I do think it brings,
0: yeah, that glory. did come out wrong. Yeah, I, it I didn't say that. I would to God. I would never cheer on someone yeah. suffering. But it brings but, glory but to God. this idea of, like, everyone is afraid for what is to come, and it's like we shouldn't be afraid because God is still at work. There are still souls out there that he will save, and his judgment, like you said, is righteous. It's it's right.
1: Well, remember in Hebrews when it, uh, the writer of Hebrews talks about how we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, okay, meaning the church needs to be together. We need to gather together even so more as we see the day approaching. And that day is that the return of Christ. Um, and so we should be aware that uh, in the fullness of time when, when God has set for Jesus to return, uh, that we should be aware that's coming and so we've been given we've been given a set amount of breaths on this earth, okay. Um, that's why you know again scripture it's appointed a man wants to die and after this the judgment uh, that appointed unto man is it, 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 you have an appointment, okay. Like God has set your uh, amount of years, amount of breaths on this planet. So we've been given that amount, and so we need to be aware um, of Christ's return. We need to be aware of our own mortality and therefore at work for the kingdom. But of all people, the church doesn't have to do it out of fear, which is what you're saying. Like like if, if our devotion to Christ is based on a fear of Christ returning, like that's what, one of the verses in this paragraph is 1 Timothy 4:10 when Paul tells Timothy for to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the savior of all people especially of those who believe like we strive and we work for the kingdom because we have hope in Christ not we're not in fear of the end times like we we go you and I've said it on this podcast I've said it on Sundays Bring it on! It that's the the coming of the kingdom. That's that's the okay. That's
0: whenever I misspoke earlier and said yay. That's the sentiment I was leaning towards. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I'm with you. I'm with you 100.
1: Um, I I think there is an awareness that there is a finality to our life and to this world. There's a finality. It's going to come to an end. We don't operate out of fear of those. We operate in hope in those uh and
0: so so yeah i the ones that want to and the church is good like which is how we started talking about this whole somewhat of a rabbit trail i think on my end but it's like the church is okay the church will be persecuted the church is going to be beat up the church is going to get blamed for every social issue out there absolutely so what you know it happened welcome to the party i guess but our hopes in Christ, so, yeah.
1: so, and our hope, our identity, our security, everything's in Christ, and that, like Christ, cannot be shaken. Okay, like we might be shaken because we're we're, you know, finite and uh, <laughs> broken, but but Christ cannot be shaken,
0: um, and so, we well, hope our friends tuning in felt encouraged from this hope. discussion, and we're given hope. Have hope. Have hope. Half hope? Have hope. Okay. It sounded like you said half hope. And I was like, man, we're not half hoping up here. We're we're full hope. Hey, listeners, friends, thank you so much for lending to us your time. I do hope that this was a blessing to you. Reach out if you want. You know where to find us. Until then, God bless you. You are awesome. We will see you soon.